still alive. All right, I'm live too. So, All right. All right. Well, this one's going to get uh, cut up weird. Do, should we play the theme song? <laughs> I'm about to play it. Hold on. Okay. If you fumble the ball seven times, you get back in there on that eighth carry, and you take it to the house. That's what we're going to do right now. Yeah, tonight's hot topics are death penalty, euthanasia, and the Green New Deal. And we're also going to talk about who's collecting our data. You, <laughs> you ready to go? <laughs> death penalty, let's jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> or we could hit the pause. We could hit the pause button. Okay, fine. Fine. I'm feeling pause. in a death penalty mood, though. <laughs> yeah, well... I have a great PDF of the Green New Deal. I can maybe put that up on the website. Yeah, you know, how about we burn that? How about that? How green is that? Um, so <laughs> tonight we are uh, getting into round six through eight, the Fantasy Millionaires. Giving you our picks, giving you our uh, guys that we're going to highlight. And uh, I think, again, we wanted to kind of touch on um, – you know, just we're moving into the rounds now where six through eight, uh, you're not, you're, you know, you're looking at flex guys and really what's the philosophy on waiting, fading, going early. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we both have our thoughts on it. So I think we kind of wanted again, just get into uh, value-based drafting and, and, you know, we're going to get into some of our guys later, but there's guys that, again, I'm I'm pulling the trigger on way faster than their ADP and ECR. So, yeah, and we got into a lively you know, pre-show prep discussion yesterday about it, and uh, after about 20 minutes of trying to explain it to one another and kind of you know argue our case, I, I think we both kind of agree. Like this would be a good kind of you know, springboard to kind of jump into how you view your draft, how you view your process. Um, when you go in, what, what mindset are you taking and kind of, you know, how do you approach getting your guys and, and, you know, relative to your draft position as well, um, relative to their ADP and relative to the value that you think they have compared to that ADP. So, um, you know, I, I think that it warrants a discussion. So with that being that being said, I, you know, I think my point of view in in a, in a small summation would be to kind of hide my cards a little bit more than you. Um, if a guy is going in the mid third round, you know, I'm not going to try to reach for him. I'm going to hope he falls maybe to me at the end of the third round. Um, or if I have a guy who I think is valued at the, you know, like a couple years ago, I had Cream Hunt valued um, in about the, the eighth round or so or seventh round. Or I actually had him valued like the first round. I knew that Damian Williams was hurt, or whoever it was was hurt. He he torn his ACL for that year. Whoever was the the lead back was, and uh, it wasn't Damian Williams. Somebody else. He tore his ACL, and Cream Hunt was going to be the guy. And I knew I had that information. I sat on it in our draft because uh, I know you guys didn't have the information. I waited on Cream Hunt. His value just got better and better round after round. And I knew it after like the second round. I waited until like you know sixth, seventh, eighth round to get him. So I think for me, I want to get those guys at a value. Like I have my guys, but 
you know, not that I don't think they're going to finish higher than their ADP, but um, I, you know, I don't always want to go, yeah, go reach for that guy three rounds early because he's going to finish there. I say wait on him and get him a little bit, you know, maybe one round early or right where he's valued at if he's not a popular guy. And uh, we'll kind of get into the, the who's who of that. But that's my kind of stance. I kind of want to be shifty. I like your stance. It's a little bit different. Why well, don't you lay it out for us? Yeah, so, I mean, that's a perfect example of, I think, when it's worth it is um and there's a player that i'm going to talk about in the eighth round that i think you could reach even earlier and he's going in the 10th 11th mm, um, love it love it but when you're looking at value-based drafting you're looking at basically experts projections or your own projections if you're willing to do the lead legwork on where that person is going to end up and you know when you do value-based drafting you're creating a baseline so you're looking at okay there's um two running back positions so what's the average of 24 running backs in your league if you're in a 12-man league what's the what's the average what's what's the average for 24 wide receivers what's the average for the flex positions you know we have two um so again this is why we we've been highlighting why running backs have such value um there's less of them they're 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 you know it's it's economics you know it's scarcity um when you're looking at quarterbacks there's 32 quarterbacks and there's there's only 12 that you're going to start every week so these are why quarterbacks tend to go later but you know, you had Lamar in the first round. I have him in the second round, and that's because – and, you know, experts are putting him in the third round. Uh, mm-hmm. And the reason why is because we both don't think the regression is going to be as much as the experts. So we're projecting him a little bit higher than ECR, you know. And then, you know, ADP is, is just what, you know, you're just looking at – you know what everyone's doing but yeah when you're trying to win your league you're trying to get players that are going to end up being wide receiver ones wide receiver twos you know running back one running back two so you know lamar if you look at him last year and you do the baseline he had 550 points in our league you know, mm-hmm. and the baseline is is 411 points. So that's 138 points more per game. So there's there's players that um, if your evaluation of them is better than what ECR says, then you reach for that person because at the end of the day, it's it's your own projection of where they're going to end up. So that's why Christian McCaffrey is first in everyone's evaluation of him is because when you're looking at value-based drafting, he's somebody that could score 200 more points than any other person at his position. You know, like, you know, if you look at Lamar Jackson, that works out to nine points more per game each week that you're getting at that position. So, you know, we wanted to touch on it just because – I think both of us have guys that are, um, you know, that we're reaching for a little bit. Um, 
but I guess before we get into that, we wanted to, again, look at these rounds and kind of talk strategy before we give you like our guys in these rounds. Um, because I, can, I, can I just jump in there for sure, a second? Sure. I think that we're, we're hunting for the same thing. Right. We're looking for guys who are drafted as wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes who can be wide receiver ones. You know, same with the zero RB folks. They're looking for that breakout RB, that James White, who can catch a bunch of balls out of the backfield, get you six touchdowns, and then he ends up being RB 18, and you got him at RB 36. You know, so you're all you're all trying to get value, and I agree. I think I think there's a there's a, a nice healthy balance between you know holding out on some guys. And grabbing some guys when you can get them because you know they're not coming back to you. You know, if you have your chance to get Miko Hardman uh, in the draft, get him. He's not coming back to you. I've learned that in in the twenty plus drafts I've done this year. Exactly. Uh, he's hot. He's hot. He is overvalued by the whole community because his potential's through the roof. You know, and and, and we'll see what if Tyree Kill can come back from his his you know his hammy. Hopefully he can. But if Miko Hardman's in that role uh, and he gets you know I don't know nine targets, ten targets a game. He is a top 15 wide receiver because right. of his speed. You know, maybe he's not as technical. Maybe he doesn't know the offense as well, and he's not as proficient. Who cares? He's in an amazing offense with a great quarterback, and he's got cheetah wheels just like the cheetah. So that's why we, we reach. And so I'm, I'm all for reaching, uh, and we'll talk about that when we reveal some of our picks today as well. Yeah, but again, it's it's you're building a team, so it's you don't, you, you don't neglect positions like – you can reach if you have certain players on your team. And that's also part of value-based drafting is you have to look at yeah. what your team has. And so that's why I think in these rounds, rounds six through eight, I mean, these are really critical rounds. And that's what the people that we're going to highlight tonight are the people that we think are, you know, potential, um, you know, put you in the playoff type guys that you're getting later. Um, and so I think don't don't wait on uh, the guys I'm going to name tonight. I think they're going to go later in most drafts. And I'm going to say put them here because mm -hmm. the the value is worth it. Um, uh, but again, in these rounds now, you know, you're filling up. I, I think this is where this is where quarterback rushes tend to happen. So I have three quarterbacks in the sixth round, and then I have at the end of the sixth round, and then I have um, three quarterbacks at the beginning of the eighth round. So this is, you know, I put Russell Wilson, uh, Drew Brees, Kyler Murray all in the sixth round. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's going to be hard to, you know, this is, these are my projections for him. Um, but, uh, I do think that, um, you know, we're, we're simpatico again, we're both sice for Russell Wilson this year. Um, he is the millionaire's fourth quarterback off the board. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting how we are four for four so far with QBs. Um, I love Russell Wilson for so many different reasons. I think one of the reasons that we've been talking about why you love wide receivers uh, and, and you kind of peep me to this, which is I mean, I've heard of it before, but it's not something I've followed or studied uh, is the big hands club. You know, ha having big hands, uh, if you're a wide receiver, 
is a huge benefit. You know, you, one of the biggest guys we talked about recently was Michael Thomas and his huge hands, and you've highlighted other guys. Well, Russell Wilson is in the huge hand club. He, there's a picture of him doing the, uh, you know, the the Vinci, whatever it was, the, um, you know, and his hands are ginormous. You know, I, I think that being able to control that football, he, he his accuracy, you, you mentioned it last week, is tops in the league every year. Uh, I think he gets to throw the ball more this year. So he has upside. You know, I think he's he's getting – I put him at the beginning of the sixth round. You have him a little more towards the end or the middle. But you know what? He has that winning upside each week. And if you pair him, which, I mean, why wouldn't you, with DK Metcalf, my guy, uh, then you know, you're, you're having that potential to really blow uh, people out of the water uh, in, in, when you go up. And especially near the end of the season, you, you, you think you're going to go see you know, DK Metcalf in December? You want that guy when it's cold outside? He's going to hurt you. And Russell Wilson's got those big old hands that hold the ball, and he's going to hurt you too. So I, I think we both are big on him. I'm, I'm arguing, you know, kind of against Twitter or against fantasy football out there. Not arguing against you, my friend, because you know we're simpatico. Tell me what you like about Russ. What gives you, uh, you know, confidence in him to be your guy this year at QB? And this is the thing about Russell Wilson. He it, he is historically just disrespected in the fantasy world. I, he finished third in our league last year, and um he was drafted in the 10th so you know usually in our leagues he does tend to go around this time and it's it's a perfect opportunity so if you want to put him in the beginning to me he's a six he's the first if you're looking for a quarterback and you're in the sixth round he's yeah. the first guy you pick that's that's my advice on him i was going back and looking at our leagues uh Cash has cashed a lot of money because of Russell Wilson. I, I had him on, on in our league in 2016 as my QB one. I had him in 2018 in my as my QB one. I went nine and four both those years, won the championship both those years. Um, chip, chip. Uh, we had him in 2017. Um, the team who got him got him in the fifth round, went eight and five. I think he I think he continue and and nothing in the last four out of the last five years he's had 30 plus TDs. Mm, I mm, mean mm, he just, this is what he does, you know. It's his thing. Yeah. He and again, I believe Russell Wilson if you put him in a contest for accuracy he's the most accurate quarterback in the nfl and he has all he just has everything you want as a quarterback um and it's just great that you can get him in the sixth round so um yeah i mean he's he's to me the uh the the quarterback and like i said we've gone through these rounds i mean again i'm building my rankings um by with using value-based drafting and also where to how to i'm basically building a draft board so right. um you know to me i have them at 6.09 um because if i was picking there with that team that's where i'm going to pick him and uh but if you you know you want to go earlier go earlier I, I have no problem and that's that's why we wanted to talk about you know, value-based drafting in the beginning of the uh, show is because he is worth spending draft capital on uh, yes. ba based 
based on how he always performs year in, year out. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree completely. And I, and I think not year in and year out, but every other year, my next guy that I have ranked underneath Russell Wilson is a bit of a, a stretch. You know, mo- he's the, 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 on 444, the, the ADP for Matt Ryan is, uh, the eighth quarterback or the seventh quarterback taken off the board. I have him for me as my number five quarterback. It is it is uh, an even year. He's gonna ball out. That offense is is ready to go. They got Hayden Hurst uh, in the middle. They have you know your boy Todd Gurley out of the backfield. They've got Russell Gage in the slot. You know they've got another first round pick in in, in Treadwell coming over from uh, the Vikings. Who he, he's he didn't live up to his first round pick in Minnesota, but he's not a slouch. So I feel like they have a, a nice arsenal for him to really rebound. Uh, he's been in the system for a, a, a little bit longer this year. And, and I think he's going to be right up there. I have him ranked above Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's the next pick off the board. Um, but that, that's where I go. Where do you go next after you kind of, you know, jump off from Russell Wilson? So, um, I'm going to take Drew Brees. Uh, I believe that Drew Brees, you saw what he did when he was healthy last year. And what I would do if I took Drew Brees is I, Tom Brady and Drew Brees, both of those guys, I think it's worth in the later rounds drafting a, uh, a decent backup. Um, Mm -hmm. right. But I'm going to take Drew Brees just because of what he's going to give you when he's on the field. And Um, you know, I, I don't see any reason why he's not going to be on the field for a full season. So Drew Brees yeah. to me is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to take him, then I'm going to take Kyler Murray and then I'm going to go Matt Ryan. And, you know, it's, it, I, they're all to me, um, I think Russell Wilson's in his own separate tier, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think he's really right right underneath the Dak tier. I mean, he's, he's close. Yeah. Um, but I think Drew Brees, Kyler Murray, Matt Ryan are, they're kind of in their own, they're, they're in their own tier um, where you're, I think the, their outcomes are going to be similar. And yeah. I put I, Tom Brady in that tier too, by the way, like I, I have Kyler Murray, Tom Brady and Drew Brees. So I, I'm a Brady guy this year more so than you, but I, 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 I push him up there, maybe not every week, but he's going to have his weeks. I bet you he finishes QB1 more, more than uh, Drew Brees does. But maybe Drew Brees over the course of the season has a more, um, you know, more consistency with Michael Thomas. I think he's there's games he is going to explode. He, how can you not? He's got an arsenal. He's been secretly training and ignoring the COVID laws and, and doing team functions. And, I mean, you know, he's TB12, baby. So um, I I have Tom Brady as tenth, and yeah. I am I am Holy. I am warming to him. I I did put Carson Wentz ahead of him, um, but yeah, one pick. It's not like you're yeah. you're you know, yeah. So I, the way I did it is you know I had three quarterbacks going back to back because this is how drafts go too. There's going to be the rushes. Runs. Yeah, runs go. Yeah, and in round eight I have eight point oh one as as um Matt Ryan, then Carson Wentz, and then Tom Brady, and. I I am I am warming up to that old man. the The thing that just has me nervous about him is he's forty three years old, and the difference between 
the first eight games last season and the last eight games is pretty stark. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was he was twenty five point four points per game in the first eight games, and then he drops down to like eighteen. Like now you're looking at like a poopy QB two. You know, um, this is a well, I, that's a I, seven I, point swing. And to me, I don't know, man. I got my I got my uh, I got my guesses. I, I think the O line was a big part of it, but. If he does, if he, I think, I, again, I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a similar year. I think he's going to start out hot. I think he might start out, you know, with just monumental games out of the gate. But I, I, I think I'm worried about his eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> if, I had to, if I had to really put my finger on it, I think I'm worried he's, you know, he's got 43 year old eyes, man. Like, that's what I saw. Toward the end of last brain. season. What about that? Yeah, 43-year-old brain, 43-year-old reaction time. I just think yeah. I think he if he do, if he doesn't have uh, a Jekyll and Hyde season, if he's Tom Brady, you know, mm-hmm. if he's TB12, I, I a 43-year-old quarterback doing that in the league. I mean, this is I, I mean, he's already had the most storied career you know, in all of football. And I would say if he does it again this year, he he might have the most storied career in all of sports. I mean, to do, to be, and he, he does have the opportunity. Um, I, I was worried about the offensive line there. And yeah. um, pro football focus has them as, as number 13. So it's not, they're projecting them as the 13th best line. Um, yeah. So can, I don't know. Can I build off of something that you said earlier that I I, I want to highlight? I think is a good strategy. People kind of if you, we gloss over it real quick, you just it's kind of a throwaway comment you made. If you draft Tom Brady, maybe expect that fall off and be looking for either someone you could pick up in a, in a, in you know week five, six, seven who has a nice schedule going into the back half of the season, or somebody who's elevated their game. Um, Drew Locke might be available. He might suck. Uh, Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr. Uh, it's going to fling it. And he did, le- he, you know, breaking news, he lost uh, Tyrell Williams today. Uh, he's out for the season. Uh, so <laughs> you might want to go back into my rankings and adjust them for me for rugs. So <laughs> uh, we will be talking about that. Human we'll be talking about rugs soon. Yeah, yes. we'll, we'll be, we'll be uh, revealing that. Uh, no, I, I, I like it. I think what you're, what you're thinking with these guys is, is true. You know, my, my man, Bo McBigtime, author of and creator of the hot box brand hot sauce, one of the best hot sauces ever in the history of existence. He, he, he's advocating for Kyler and, and Deshaun Watson kind of being above those guys. Uh, I'm not going to say no. I see his points. He, he's sharing volume and rushing uh, upside potential, which they, you know, Brady and Brees do not have. I agree with him on both those points. The problem is, at least for me with Watson, he's lost his his best weapon. He's got some unproven wide receivers right now who've proven it, but not with him in longevity. Uh, and then he's got a terrible, terrible general manager. I mean, just one of the worst general managers in the league, uh, who also is his coach, and and he's not that great at that either. So you know, the Bob effect is real for Deshaun Watson. He if imagine Deshaun Watson in you know Philly or in New England, or in just somewhere where the guy was competent enough to, to not leave him back there 
doing nothing. He'll send all three receivers on deep sprints to the goal line. And Deshaun Watson is dancing behind the line of scrimmage for like eight seconds. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Come on, design some I, concepts. I'm sorry. Uh, I had Deshaun Watson in between those. He's my only quarterback in the seventh round. So I actually have Deshaun Watson ahead of Matt Ryan. Um, and it's just it's just based on his skill. I mean, yeah. um, I think, you know, he'll have a good season. Um, but, yeah, you know, last year um, – the way I was picking Deshaun Watson is he was the third QB off the board for me. And he's definitely gone down because of all the things you just said. So, Yeah, the, the Bob impact is real. All right, so let's transition next to we talked about the QBs. Hopefully you have a plan to get your guy. You know, If you're not getting in the first couple rounds, maybe you're going to wait on QB. Maybe you're late round QBing it and, and your guy is coming up in the next couple shows. But yeah. let's pivot to a hot topic right now, and that is rookie running backs. You know, uh, I was on – the great Peter Howard's podcast recently, and uh, he put me to task a little bit about my view of Cam Akers, and I appreciate it, challenged my thinking uh, about it, not because I doubt rookie running backs, but just because the the, uh, the the job was up for grabs and it wasn't clear who was getting it. Well, Henderson is hurt for right now, and so Akers does have a pathway to more success. I did move him up in my rankings. I replaced uh, him at the end of the fifth round, and I bumped down uh, our boy DeAndre Swift. We both have DeAndre Swift at the 6.02. So we're kind of in lockstep there. You have Cam Akers at 6.01, one pick away from me. So um, what I want to do is kind of get into where the rookie running backs stand right now and where do you project them? Um, you know, do you, are you looking at for, you know, for maybe for Cam Akers, a, a more productive, you know, initial part of the season or maybe for DeAndre Swift waiting for him a little bit later to break out? How do you view rookie running backs when you put them in your team? Because what you said earlier is key. You have to have a construct that allows for them to be put into your team. You can't rely on them as your RB2s necessarily. They need to be more flexes if you're going to be looking for that uh, upside value in positional, you know, for you said, that 200-point uh, threshold. So tell me about what you do and how you view these guys. So, again, I put these guys back-to-back -back because I think they're all um, really valuable. And if I'm going to pick one of them, I'm going to pick Cam Akers first. Hmm. Um, uh, and, yeah, I mean, based on uh, Daryl Henderson's uh, leg injury, um, yeah, he's he's probably going to – he's he's going to move up draft boards. Like, that's right. – um, you know, if I was readjusting everything, I, I'm going to – I'm going to say he's, he's going to move up. Um, but, again, we – all I was hearing about Daryl Henderson is just how great he was looking in camp and that they were really interested in using him. Um, I don't understand it. I, I think, I think I would, whether they were going to use him or not, I would put cam Akers first because I think that's the weakest back. These three running backs are facing, you know, I think cam Akers has the most opportunity to get into the RB one role. But all three of these guys are dealing with a, a committee situation. So that's, you know, it, it, that's why they're they're you know, they're going later it, yeah. because they're, it's not CEH. You know, you don't you, you, they're not going to have just a ton of volume. Um, so I, I have Cam first. But, you know, I was going through today. I, you know, 
everyone says Jonathan Taylor is the next Saquon Barkley. Um, and I think he's phenomenal talent. But, man, I was mm. looking at the highlights today on all three of these guys. And mm-hmm. if I was picking them based on what I was looking at, I would say DeAndre Swift is the best running back out of that 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 draft class. I I, mm. I I think DeAndre Swift has the best vision out of those guys. I think Jonathan Taylor is just a freak, you know, like yeah. DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, they're both like almost the same back, like 5'10", 215, you know, 4'4", 40 time for DeAndre Swift, 447 yeah. for Cam Akers. Like Jonathan Taylor, he's 5'10", 226. Yeah. And he runs a sub 4'4", 4.39 40 time. So that's that's just freakish stuff, dude. And I, I get the Saquon comparisons a little bit. Um, but when I was watching tape, I, I honestly thought DeAndre Swift he he played a, he plays in he he plays against better competition and he the his line of sight on angles and stuff like that to me look like the best. So um but again, you know, this is you know, who's gonna who's gonna perform on your team. So I'm gonna right. say it goes Cam, DeAndre Swift, and then Jonathan Taylor, man, it's just um he has a great opportunity to come in with the Colts. They Pro Football Focus has them as the number one offensive line. Um, yeah. And one of the easiest schedules, too, for the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just Marlon Mack, you know? It's like it, Marlon Mack last year, if he plays a complete season, he's a fringe RB1. So, you know, he's 24 years old. It's not like it's Frank Gore back there. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's going he's gonna to still eat in there's going to be a timeshare um so i don't know what are you, what are your thoughts on the three dudes so you know i have jonathan taylor ranked ahead of cam Akers and deandre swift i i have it uh taylor and then Akers and then swift i think i i, I move swift down because of the injury in camp he's not getting reps right now I, I, this is the hard part i, I don't think necessarily that Swift is the worst of those three backs. Like, I agree with you. You know, he reminds me of Alvin Kamara. He is slick in the open field. He knows how to use his blockers. He knows how to get around. And he's not getting brought down by the first person who touches him either. So, um, you know, whereas Jonathan Taylor is a freak, you know, he hits the edge. He's he's gone, you know. Um, but in the NFL, it's hard to hit the edge. You know, it's hard to hit the edge. So uh, I think overall – they're going to be really close. And if, if an injury happens on any of these teams to any of these uh, committee members, you know, I think Jonathan Taylor stands the most to benefit. You know, I, I, I can see already in, in Detroit that Swift has an injury. Carry on Johnson is he's calling himself the knee brace guy. Hey, you might just want to call yourself unemployed. You know, that's like me calling myself like the dumb guy. You know, he, like nobody wants to listen to the dumb guy. He, you know, so he says- my man. Carry on Johnson is is he said I, I sleep with my knee brace I live with my knee brace my knee brace is one with me I love my knee brace I'm a knee brace guy basically uh, and so you know I, I can't carry on but you know with Swift hurt too it's it's uncertain 
it's uncertain. So I like Jonathan Taylor out of that, and then I like Cam Akers next. But they're all really good running backs. And so, you know, Peter Howard, you haven't won me over, but you definitely have, have kind of given me a little bit more to think about, and I appreciate that in this conversation. Is Kerryon Johnson like half force Gump? Like, what is he talking about? Like He's... RoboCop. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? You're, you're one with your knee brace? That does <laughs> That's a that's a little weird. That's another reason why DeAndre Swift to me is so exciting is that Kerryon Johnson has missed. Yeah, he's played in fourteen of thirty-two games so far in his career. So you you could bake in you can bake in the fact that he's going to have more volume in that projection. Um, Yeah, yeah. uh, Everyone, you know, and I know that there's a little bit of uh, injury worry about him. but Matt Patricia was saying that there's really nothing specific to report. Uh, mm. He has some sort of upper leg injury. So, um, yeah, I, I I like all three of them. If I'm picking, I'm going Akers, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor. Um, yeah. And uh, if I'm picking talent, it's neck and neck between Taylor and Swift. Um, and if I'm picking the freak, it's Jonathan Taylor. So, well, so I, I'm going to say, I'll, I'll give also a shout out to DeAndre Swift too. I have him projected for 200 rushing attempts, give him around a thousand yards, a little, a little under a thousand yards, um, six touchdowns, but here's the key. This is where I think he's going to shine is the targets. I gave him 68 targets, 51 receptions, gave him a couple of TDs off that about 400 yards. If he's a 1300 yard guy, he's going to help you win your league. You know, right. like that's the thing. So maybe I'm, I, I'm, I'm not super bullish on him. They they ran the football a lot last year. I have the team running for 450, uh, you know, attempts, and uh, I only gave our, our guy Swift a 45 or four, or 50 percent or you know RB carry split or a 45 percent overall uh, carry of all carries. You know, when you throw in the quarterback carries and you know wide receiver carry here and there, so it's not even like he's getting over 50 percent. And he ends up kind of those numbers break out. So if he gets more, let's say our guy Karen Johnson can't play and he gets, you know, 50 percent, 55 percent of the carries, you know, you're, you're talking about an RB2. And that's what you kind of want in these rounds like you talked about before. You want a guy who's going as an RB3 or flex being your RB2 and stepping up for you. So Swift does have a path to that. Hopefully that, that leg injury is nothing more than a kind of, you know, keeping him safe. And we'll kind of monitor that as we go because that guy, if, if in two weeks we're drafting – and he's available, and he's doing good, and health-wise, I, I want him on my team in this round for sure. Yeah, and he's playing behind Forrest Gump, so that's something right. to mind. And Bo Scarborough. Don't forget Bo Scarborough. It does it's actually Bo. give Jason Huntley, who's a, an undrafted rookie, a little bit of an edge, too. He, he's a, a scat back guy who catches the ball. So, you know, they're, they're – who knows what's going to happen with COVID and with the Lions. Uh, you know, hopefully everyone stays healthy. But it, this is a backfield to monitor this year for sure. No right. Theo Riddick. He's gone. He went to the, the Raiders to make everyone scared of Josh Jacobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, those are the those are the rookies. I, I have J.K. Dobbins in at 8.10. Um, I, I, I am interested in that guy, but he's just not in the same tier as those guys, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how camps go. Yeah. Both Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift are going to they're going to probably people are going to draft them earlier, especially, you know, fantasy heads. So, yeah, 
Um, well, thankfully, not that many fancy heads in our league. <laughs> I can't wait for our draft, dude. I just can't oh my gosh, it's going to be incredible. I, I'm so excited for it. So yeah, those are the, the, so that, that's kind of the the main stuff that we kind of want to highlight as far as strategy. You know, the rookie running rookie running backs, the uh, the quarterback tiers in these rounds. It, those are kind of the you know the broad brush stuff. Um, but we did have some individual picks. I know you really just had one. Um, if you want well, to talk coming about coming around on yours too, I'll, I'll let you get yeah, to yeah, yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we basically I, have four guys, and I'm I'm on I'm with you too on your guy. Um, uh, I have him back to back. Um, so yeah, I know that these are the four guys that we say get them in these rounds. You know, get 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 these guys on your team. Um, I think that they're you know, they're they're going to be guys that end up way outperforming, you know, where they're going in in right. on draft board. So, um, who's your guy? Who you want to well, talk I, about? I would say Hollywood Brown this year is going to be my guy in, in those middle rounds. You know, I, he's going right now. If you go to the four 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 ADP tool, which is a great free tool that they have, you can go look and see, and it'll give you the breakdown of where all the players are going in ten man leagues and twelve man leagues. In ESPN leagues and in uh, all the different leagues, NFL. So you know, right now, if you're if you're picking up, you know, uh, my guy, you know, you're gonna have to get him, Marquise Brown. You know, he is the wide receiver, 28 off the board. Um, he's right in that you know wide receiver, 25 to 30 range. I think he has a great chance to outperform that ADP uh, and really have a wide receiver too. Uh, and some weeks a wide receiver one upside, you know, so you, you can get him right now at six Oh nine in a 12 team, you know, that's right around, you know, where we're looking at them as well in our rankings. You know, I, I have him at six Oh five and you or six Oh yeah, six Oh five and you have him at six Oh six. So we're right there. We, we say, get him a little bit early if, if you need to. Um, and then the other guy I, I have a little bit later than you. I'm trying to hide him, really. Let's be honest. I don't want everyone to know about him. But you you put him right in front of Hollywood Brown. Tell us about your guy. Um, so I put Deontay Johnson as – Yeah, as um, – That's my guy. Yeah, he's, he's my must-pick guy. Both those guys are my must-pick guys in the sixth round. Um, I, 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 I think both those guys – I think – you know, just Hollywood Brown, I was listening to um, the footballers. He's one of, um, I think it's Jason's, my guys. Um, Love those guys. He was talking about an article by Curtis Patrick where he fits a pretty cool metric where um, if you were a first-round rookie – you had you average more than five targets per game and you got five more points than what you were expected to get in your you know your rookie year historically there is a sophomore bump in mm -hmm. in those players of like you know in our league it'd be something like 40 points Jeez. um so i love him um, the only thing I'm just a little bit hesitant 
why I put Deontay Johnson ahead of him is just the the passing volume. Um, but to me, they're, they're, they're like coin flips. I think Deontay Johnson to me is a lot of the experts are are hyping him, and I think for good reason. I mean, you saw I faded Juju hard. You know, Juju. Yeah. Um, and it's not because of talent or anything. It's just for whatever reason, the way he gets used, um, and just really his, his sort of his skill set. Um, I put Juju at the end of the fifth round just because of the potential. And, Mm -hmm. but the reason why I'm so high on Deontay Johnson is, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one. I honestly think that he's going to, he was last year and there's things about him that, you know, as a fantasy guy, you know, that one of the things that I love about him is he he does punt returns. Um, He had, he led the league last year in average yard. um, His average yards was 12.4, which led the league. Um, he was number six in yardage and that was just based on not getting as many punts. Um, but I look at him as somebody that, uh, you know, pretty realistically could get you 80 receptions. I mean, I, I was looking at your projections on him too. 80 receptions, 900 plus yards. Um, I think last year he had five receiving TDs. I'd put him at seven um give him another punt return td now he's at eight um so now you're looking you know you're you're definitely in the the wide receiver two category and he's a he's a wide receiver four um you know off the board so one of the things that was really unique about him too he's number one in target separation um yeah yeah yeah, it, it, it's an interesting stat because if you look at some of the other players, like I think Albert Wilson, um, Jimmy Graham were really high. But if you're willing to kind of look at the stats, um, rule out you know big tight ends or whatever, and you just focus on the wide receivers, um, some of the guys that had – really high scores on that they didn't have a lot of like geronimo allison i think was one of them they don't they didn't have a lot of receptions they didn't have a ton of targets deontay johnson is right there with the guys you know that had more volume the other guys are like cooper cup robert woods um Mm. so to me it's an interesting stat it's it it's worth I think paying attention to, um, you know, and basically target separation is a receiver's average yards of separation distance from the closest defensive back. So, um, <clears throat> for wide receivers, he was one. Um, so I, I don't see why that when you're looking at big Ben coming into that offense again, he did that last year with, Mason Rudolph and Devin Hodges. I mean, right. So to me, he's just got a ton of upside. Yes. Yes. No, I I agree with you. Uh, You know, 
He didn't run the fastest 40 at 4.53. It was in the 56th percentile. I think because of that, people disrespect him. And and I think his route running is uh, very strong. You know, his burst score is, uh, you know, in the 36th percentile. So some of his metrics don't jump off the page, but he is a great football player. And I think people are holding that against him. Uh, I'm going to be investing in him as well. I think Deontay Johnson is going to be a great uh, player for you this year. He's going to be that wide receiver too on in your squad that uh, you know brings you uh, stability each week in that offense. Yeah, and so you know the the team on my draft board that had him, you could have Tyreek Hill, Miles Sanders, Melvin Gordon, Calvin Ridley, T.Y. Hilton, and Deontay Johnson. Now, obviously, that's that's just my draft board. It'd be some variation there, but again, yeah. that's the wide receiver four. You know, and he might, you know, uh, you know, on that team, he he might do better than T.Y. Hilton, you know, right. um, and, you know, Calvin Ridley. We've all got pretty high, uh, pretty well, high well, ceiling I'll tell for you that a, guy. A but. Stat that kind of stands out to me is that, you know, his catchable target rate is 73 percent last year with, a te- like you said, terrible quarterbacks, you know. His true target catch rate is 88%, and that's 16th in the league. And so imagine with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, he looked like he lost a bunch of weight and, you know, shaved his beard and started to stop, stop drinking beers and, you know, started doing more sit-ups and stuff. And uh, so let's say that Big Ben does stay healthy this year. you got to think that's going to be a little bit higher. He, he's going to maybe improve, maybe he can be top 10 in true catch rate. So to me, that is a guy you want in the in the 50-50 balls down there, getting that, you know, hands-on, separated from, getting into space, and taking it to the house. So, yeah, I'm a Deontay Johnson guy, too. And you get you get some of those punt return points, you know? Right. The Dale Green, the Dale Green points. <laughs> it's a ni- it's a nice little thing to, to, to tuck into the value of the player, dude. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so that those are our six round guys. Um, I uh, I wanted to talk about who I think I've got him. I don't know, three rounds ahead of his ADP. This is my seventh round guy. Um, I am all about drafting Matt Breida. In 2020, and I think I'm looking at it right now. His ADP on the thing I'm looking at is 9.09. So um, I have him at 7.08. So two rounds higher. And again, the reason why is I believe that um, he is, uh, you know, he he's he could be an RB two at the end of the year with, with the way that he's going to fit into that offense. Um, so, uh, the, these were the things that I, that really led into the consideration for him is go back and look, I think it's uh, next gen stats. You know, who had the fastest time of any ball carrier last year, 2019. Oh, mm, uh, it's gotta be one of those fast wide receivers, or you know, uh, Nick Chubb on that play that uh, uh, you know Earl Thomas quit on. I don't know. An eighty-three yard rushing touchdown by my boy Matt Breida. 
he clocks oh. he clocks at 22.3 miles per hour on that play in shoulder pads <laughs> that, I, that's I, fast yeah yeah so the kid has wheels um another interesting thing go back and look at uh 2018's fastest player on next gen hmm. stats guesses uh i'm gonna guess tyreek hill calvin ridley uh julio jones maybe it is one matt breeda clocking in <laughs> fool me once i don't know fool me twice clocking in at 22.09 miles per hour on a 33 yard rush a 33 yard so he wow that's a lot of speed on a short rush the kid has wheels um and you know i just think the way that 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 offense is going to work they're they still have a horrible line so the pass catching back is going to be the more valuable back it seems like the way you're looking at you know projections for those guys like i think i was fantasy pros you know who do you draft jordan howard or matt Breida? they're kind of going yeah. around the same place in drafts and they were you know picking jordan howard um i don't see how jordan howard is going to um really do much more than uh i mean he'll do goal line work for sure um but I don't see how he doesn't do anything more than just, you know, two, three yard carries. And I think, I think as Brita builds on exciting plays, you're going to see him featured more. And I mean, to me, he kind of reminds me of Austin Eckler. I think he's somebody that um, he can run the football too. You know, um, 2019, he had 600 yards rushing the football. 2018, he had 800 yards rushing the football. So. Mm. You know, bake that in and, um, you know, it, I, when you look at guys that get 70 targets, um, these are these are RB2s or better. Um, and, you know, if he if he ends up with over 400 yards receiving, you know, three, three re receiving touchdowns five rushing touchdowns. I, I don't see why that's not um, a crazy projection for that guy. So I, I'm he's my seventh round guy, Mr. Matt Breida, the fastest guy carrying the ball the last two years in the NFL. I, I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And, you know, I'm going to tell you, you know, just pull back the curtain here. I'm the guy who inputs – the rankings on our site and my man Bo McBigtime, love him, shout out Bo McBigtime, he just shared with me that I had Breida twice. I had Breida twice in the seventh round. I liked him so much. I, I wanted you to draft Breida twice, you know, but uh, that's, that's just how, that's how we do it. You know, we both have him in the seventh round, mid seventh round. I agree with you, man. He is one of those guys who in DFS last year, you know, he, he did break out for that 33-yard run. He did, he did have those flashes, and I always was aware of him, and I think he's a sneaky little play. Now, here's the deal. You don't have to get him here. You can get him in the eighth round. So 
if you're in your home league, for me, what I would do is I would grab Deontay Johnson in the seventh round and, and then, you know, if you didn't get him, and then I would come back around and then I get my man, Matt Burita. So that's I, just me. I want to get all my guys, you know, but I, if I wait, sometimes I snooze, I lose. You know, not always you. You get your guys. So we'll see how it turns out. To me, the guys that are the most valuable in that round that I have are Matt Burita, um, Will Fuller, potentially, if he stays on the field, Will Fuller could be in wide receiver one. And just, you know, who knows? If you, that, he's just the most interesting. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, I like, I like Brita. Um, I, I, and then also Tyler Boyd. Um, those are the guys that I think really could have, um, big breakout years, but I, I say pull the trigger on him because he ends up being a RB two on your team. Yeah. Um, and you're drafting him as the RB four. That's how you win. You know, you get, you got guys that you drafted at RB. So you, you're, you're advocating drafting him at RB five. I say, Draft him at RB4. Why wait? Get him on your team. Well, I agree. See, here's what I'm going to do. And, and uh, you know, maybe you're not a psychopath like I am, but I analyze the guys in my league, their drafting patterns, where they like to draft guys, how they like to draft guys. So, you know, I know the guys I'm around this year, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be looking at are they guys who load up on RB in the beginning rounds and then they pivot to wide receiver, quarterback, tight end? If so, I know that Burita might be able to hang around for a little bit longer. You know, so you really also have to play the guys in your league uh, up against themselves and their old patterns and kind of, you know, what they, what, you don't have to get inside their mind completely. But, you know, last year I knew certain players would uh, be gone by certain rounds knowing how our, our tendencies are. And if you guys draft heavy RB right away or maybe you guys are more – progressive and you like to wait and a bunch of wide receivers are going right away you have to do you have to do what you have to do i bet you you could get him though in the eighth round and 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 maybe not worry about it because his adp is in the ninth and so that's all i'm saying is that me and mike have different philosophies he's he's go get around early i'm i'm maybe get an extra round of value but we'll see what happens this year with with him in our league because i want him and you want him and we both have him at the seventh round so it's going to be interesting only you get on, the first pick and the seventh. Yeah, only on certain guys, um, you know, uh, that I just, again, you know, I've spent time building my projections. I've spent time looking at stuff, and I look at somebody. He, to me, again, he has a, a, an Austin Eckler-type skill set. Uh, breakaway run rate, number six. True yards uh, per carry. That discounts all runs greater than ten yards. He's number ten, so he He's averaged top 10, top ten. He averaged five point one yards per carry. So I don't see Jordan Howard really doing well on that offensive line. Like I, I think his ceiling is just way higher than everybody else has him. So that's again why I'm I say pick Matt Breida, make sure you get him in the seventh round. Um, so that is uh. That's oh, wait, 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 wait. There's okay. one good friend. One good friend. Yeah. Henry Ruggs needs to be on your team. He is going to break out this year. Uh, I'm not leaving our draft without him. Now, maybe that means you get Matt Breida and I get Ruggs. So no, be it. No, but Henry he Ruggs was the last. going to be a beast this year. I just want to put it out. Fully transition. No, that was, that was my last guy. That's my eighth round guy. Um, 
Henry Ruggs is Cash's pick of the draft. Ooh, I love it. Henry Ruggs is Cash's pick of the draft. I have him in the eighth round strictly because of ADP. And now that was, I didn't even know Tyrell Williams was out. Um, I have no problem with you drafting Henry Ruggs in the fourth or fifth round. <laughs> I'm serious. He's go, he's, his ADP is like in the 10th round. I'm sure that's going to change a lot with this new. Yes. What's, what's the Tyrell Williams injury? Do you know? Um, I just saw that it looked like it was out for the year. So. Out for the year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it looked like. I pick him, pick him in the fourth or fifth round, dude. I have no problem with it. That guy, to me, there's a reason why he was the first wide receiver picked. He, he fits into the NFL so perfectly. Um, you know, the comps on him is he's Tyreek Hill. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Guess, guess what he is? He's Tyreek Hill with ten and a half inch hands. Huge hands. He's got ten and a half inch hands. He's five oh. eleven and he has ten and a half inch hands. He can Holy just moly. he can run a four two seven and reach up and just go like that with the ball while he's running a four two seven. I was watching highlights of him. He doesn't even look like he's trying to run fast when he runs. <laughs> he doesn't. He just he's starts accelerating himself. He's not hustling. Oh he, man! He look- imagine if he tried. He looks like he's just like, all right, now I've made a decision to run faster than the person near me. And he just starts running. He just moves away from whatever person is pursuing him. Um, yeah, that's Cash's pick of the draft, dude. I, I'm, I'm, I, I have him in the eighth round and this new information. I, I, I'm going to – we'll wait, see who says, gets wait, Henry Ruggs. Bo's correcting me. Bo's correcting me. He said, "Torn labrum. He's playing through it. That's uh, that. Uh, no, that's yeah, playing through a torn labrum." Well, I'll tell you this: we'll see who gets Henry Ruggs on, uh, in our league. Uh, yeah, uh, uh. because I'm gonna get Henry Ruggs. <laughs> <laughs> that's Son Cash's, of Bondruk. That's Cash's pick of the draft. I don't know who Stax's pick is. Cash's pick of the draft. He's gonna win you your league. It's Henry Ruggs. Well, we haven't gotten to my pick of the draft yet, my friend, but it's coming. It's coming. It's yeah. a late round special. It's coming. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's the plan. Uh, you know, we did round six through eight. We're going to do nine through 11 next week, and then we'll get to uh, 12 through 14, and then that's who cares about defenses and kickers. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently apparently in the local league, nobody does. Uh, we, I still we want them. For vote on on do we want kickers in the local league? Nobody wants a kicker in our league. Really, so. they all voted it down. I would take it. I, I'd be. Well, no, no one's. Well, five people have come out against it. Denny, I've not heard from, and uh, you know, I mean, he's the kicker advocate. You know, he writes articles about kickers. So I, I, my joke was, you know, some of those kickers. I said the Zendayhaus brothers have bought him Patreon snowmobiles. You know, like he he likes the kickers. Yeah. So. Uh, We'll see. I don't know if he'll stage a coup or he'll just kind of accept it, um, but we'll see. But Bo also wants to throw Tony Pollard in there. You can get Tony Pollard later, Bo, though. So I mean, I, I'm I'm okay with waiting on Tony Pollard. But yeah, he 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 is somebody we'll we'll sneak a, a talk on a little bit. You know, in next rounds, he he's he's my guy as well, Bo. I, I have him on the uh, 
Scott Fish team. So let's do a transition. I think I think we wrapped up kind of six through eight and uh, outstanding uh, analytic work, my good friend, on, on your behalf, I guess say, some of your best. Um, let's get into three tweets. Okay. And see how that is going to play out. Okay. Because I feel like there's some tweets that we can share. Uh, you want to go first? You want me to go first? How would you like this game to be played? I just sent you mine. Um, make okay. sure you got it in your... I'm going to pull it up right now. Your inboxes. Is it from Star Baby? Yeah. So uh, pull up the the main tweet. Um, the main tweet of oh, video? No. Yeah. So is it little in pink? No, my tweet was deleted. Oh, that oh, sucks so bad. What happened? What happened? I don't know. It was such a great oh. tweet. Oh, you lost your tweet? Well, I have another one. I have a backup one, but. Um, okay. That stinks. I, I've, I've got a tweet to share. Okay, you share yours. Let's go down to me. It's my tweet. It's it's the one that has a video of a squirt gun. I don't give a shit about oh, what. Uh-oh. My, my, guy, my guy went off <laughs> before you should have. Uh, so this is going to be some not safe for language uh, things going on in this video. I just want to warn people for the kids. Um, I'm going to give the backstory to this. This is a reaction video. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm a, a Patreon of uh, Denny Carter. I think he's one of the best people ever. And uh, he shared a story on his Living the Stream, which you should all become Patreons for, by the way. Uh, support the good man, Denneth. Love him. Uh, he shared a story about some, some, you know, gun nuts who had a club where they would they would put guns up on their junk. And they would videotape. It was like, you know, nut gun club. And uh, one of the guys was live streaming uh, this event to his boys. And then he shot himself in the in the man meat. And, uh, you know, then he just kind of went on to, to I just talk about the, the stupidity of it all. And so, you know, I'm a man who doesn't like to be told what to do. So I went out and I, I'm going to show. Wait, him. wait, is this the one it says no one's going to tell me how to live my life? Yes, yes. Okay. It's got a video, and you gotta blow that video up. And okay. when you're ready to go, let me know. I'll give you a shit about what. Right. You gotta go back. Yeah, go a little, a little bit back. All right. You know. Three. All right, you ready? Two, one, go. I don't, I don't give a shit, shit about, about what happens. Man, Danny, I'll live my life how I want to, bro. bro. I don't give a I'll shit, give a man. Shit, I'll just I'll I'll point this at my thing if I want to, man. You back up, Danny. Who you think you are? Telling people like that. I don't give a shit about what happened. I don't give a shit about <laughs> So for those who are just listening on the podcast, not having the chance to, to follow along at home, uh, it would have been helpful if I shared my screen on that one because I didn't. Uh, it was great. <laughs> YouTube fail. Anyway. <laughs> We're the best. Anyway, in the video, the squirt gun goes off. And uh, yeah, I get soaked. It's just it's it's terrible. It's just terrible. So I was just my homage to to Denny mocking guys who really did that with real guns. And the thought that they had in their head was the same thought that I had as a joke. And so uh, I thought I'd, you know, share that with everybody. So, OK, OK. Um, I just sent you my backup one. Uh, OK. This is by my favorite person 
in all of Twitter. His name is Scotty at Maryland Mudflap. He is easily the best tweeter. There used to be some competition with him. He's by far the best tweeter in all of the, the tweeter universe. Um, so, you know, this is nothing special for him. This is just another great tweet. Um, it goes like this. Uh, Scotty says, listening to Fast Car with my eyes closed. Fast Car is the Tracy Chapman song. You get a fast car. Uh, I love that song. Listening song. to Fast Car with my eyes closed and imagining Tracy Chapman doing donuts in a Viper in a busy Burger King parking lot. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you get it's a fast busy. car. And she's just... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a fast left drive away. You gotta make the decision. That is a jam, dude. That song still gets me, man. I love when that song. If that song comes on, I'm cranking it, and I'm feeling like depressed too. Yeah. Something sad. Something. Something. Yeah. Like I feel like lonely. Like all of a sudden, you know. I know. Fields of Field of Gold does that by Sting. Whenever whenever I hear Field of Gold, I just want to die. So that gets you, you know, like that. I just want to start crying when I hear that song. I'm just like, as they walked in fields of gold. I'm just like, oh my god, they don't do it anymore. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I I feel like Fast Car makes me, um, I don't know, like, not cut myself, but just like. <laughs> want to i mean it's like i get cut. About it. like it's like i can understand cutters better after i listen <laughs> to that song i don't understand them but like after i listen to that song i'm like i guess i understand cutting better makes um, a little more sense now yeah. it just made i don't know i love that song man it makes me just feel like it's like it's like cold and i have no yeah. one in the world you know um so I, I, I love that. I love that. Tweet. I think it's a great tweet. And I would say if your other tweet hadn't failed, you would win. Um, but I, 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 don't, I think it looks like I maybe have won since you don't have another tweet. But uh, true. I, I will share this tweet. Um, it is from me, but it's Dana White. And uh, if you click on it, it's like an eight second video of Dana White or five, six second video of Dana White. And uh, – they ask Dana White uh, why uh, Oscar De La Hoya is getting back into fighting. Mm -hmm. um, and let me know when that video okay, is ready for you. Let's right. uh, go. I will get it up. Hold on. Maybe just one of us pushes go. I'll just – if you want to push go, I'll push go on mine, but I won't put the sound on for mine. Or okay. I can put the sound on for I'll mine. Put, I'll put it on mine. You put the sound down, all right? I'll mute mine. All right, you say when to go. All right. All right, three, two, one, go. Cocaine isn't cheap. It's expensive. Got to make money. It's true. <laughs> so a British reporter was like, hello, Dana. Why do you think that Oscar de la Hoya at 53 has decided to step back in the ring, whatever, whatever age is? And Dana White... He just, he just, without missing a beat, just, you know, goes, Cocaine isn't cheap. <laughs> it's expensive. It's awesome. Make money. He's so funny. Cocaine isn't cheap. No. It's expensive. It's expensive. It's gotta make money. It's gotta make money. 
Uh, and that's his friend. That's what he said. He said, your friend, Oscar no, De La Hoya. They're not. <laughs> they're, they hate each other. He hates, I know. He I hates know. every <laughs> other promoter. Um, or he has disdain <laughs> for him. my favorite clip. He yeah. crushes him. So. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it's... He's, there's probably... Um, there's a lot of truth said in jest in this world. I don't even know if that's <laughs> jest. So I have no idea. He's savage, man. Dana He's White is savage. savage. Remember me? Remind me never to piss Dana White off. No, uh, that guy will crush me. Did you know that, like him and Mark Wahlberg? Do you do you know that I think the character in Entourage, Dom, is kind of based on him? <laughs> oh, Dom's great, man. Yeah, the, the Dominator. I think is based on Dana White. Like, they're old friends. They oh, did, that's hilarious. Like he used to come out and visit Wahlberg when he was like just you know doing boogie nights and like taking over Hollywood and stuff. And he was just some like rinky dink karate instructor. He, he all, he also almost got murdered by Whitey Ford. I heard that story. Yeah. Yeah. Whitey Bulger, yeah that's I'm why sorry. he went Whitey to Bulger. Vegas. Yeah. That's why he moved to Vegas. Whitey Bulger came in and did his, his mafia move where he's just like, Hey, guess what? You got to pay me a bunch of money now, or I'm going to kill you. you break your legs. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard stories about how he would come in and uh, he people would say he'd just look at them and be like, you're going to give me the money. And people Jeez. would be like, yeah, I am. You're right. And he just did that all over Boston. Um, and he did that mm. to Dana White. And Dana White was like, I'm going to move to Vegas. And then I'm going to take over the UFC. I'm going to hang out with Mark Hollywood in between those. Mark, <laughs> Mark Wahlberg in between those two moments in my life. Sound like a good plan. Yeah, he's had a pretty good life, I think. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm not going to throw shade at Dana White at all. Uh, I love that he had Fight Island. That was incredible. In a moment we had no sports, you know, they took over, uh, I think it was Yaz Island, and uh, they had three straight weeks of UFC fights, five, five different set cards. I, that was great. So, Dana, hats off to you, my friend. Uh, yeah, Dana, that's a it's a fun product, my man. So yeah, big big time. I, and and Mike and I are not trying to transition into a another podcast or anything. We've just been watching UFC for 15 years, you know. So it's just it's been a long haul for us, you know, maybe 14 years. So um, anyway, shout out by the way as we wrap the show up today. Um, shout out, uh, Nimble with Numbers is coming out in a couple weeks. Uh, I got Bo McBigtime as my writer. We got. Uh, him, his article is going to drop this week. We have uh, Bo's Hot Box Batch Hot Sauce. Go to hotboxbatch.com, order yourself some. Uh, there's just a lot going on right now when it comes to the millionaires. Yeah, wow. we're killing it. This is true. Wow. How many uh, how many air horns was today? Uh, it's, it, it started off as a shit show. I would yeah. have given it negative three air horns. Yeah. Uh, we pulled it out of the fire. Yeah. You know, um, I'm going to give it, you know, two air horns today myself. Sir. Two air horns. Okay. Well. Check a reason. Yeah. Um, well, I think. Uh... That was the second one. That's what living is. That is what living hey. is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I love it. Well, I, I just want to say one more thing to you, bro, before we end it. Um, tell me, tell me, hit me with it. Yeah. What? 
Yep. That's crazy. By the way, Bo McBig Time said, outstanding show. Great show, guys, he said. Three exclamation points. So you better listen to this. And subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Fantasy Millionaires, on YouTube. Check us out on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on our website, thefantasymillionaires.com. Check us out on Twitter at the Ralph Macho Mike. Check me out at Nimble W Numbers. And you know what? Check out my boys over at BDGE, Big Dogs Gotta Eat. I've been featured in one of their blog posts on Friday. Uh, I did something for their draft. Those are the best guys. Nick, Animal, Snacks, my man. Those are some great people. Uh, so go and give them a follow if you don't already. Listen to their podcast. And check out last Friday's episode, the, episode, the Do Not Draft list. I am on that for the first 10 minutes, and I am popping. So check me out. That's what living is. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, next week. Out. See y'all next week. We're going to do Peace. 9 through 11 and uh, help you win your league. Peace. Winners.